you're listening to the Red Diamond Warrior, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 53 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you as always, Bob Chinsky, here with my good friend Dogbark24. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thank you for being here as always. And we are extra excited to be here this week because we have our biannual mid-year mayhem episode coming in for you guys uh we are very excited as you know by now this is our third mid-year mayhem with you and we are just through the roof about it as always our favorite event um half of us may be more than others but you know we can get into that later so clearly we're gonna be talking big time mid-year this episode dropping um some pvp knowledge maybe some hints and tips for some people who uh are not too big on pvp you know if uh this event scares you or not you know not scares you but you just don't want to do pvp plenty of people don't want to do pvp you know like we get it but i get it more than ever (laughs) dog gets it but i'm telling you it can be enjoyable if you get up in there and we're gonna give you as much uh you know info to battle with as we can so from two former emperors by the way just so we're all clear here anyways so dogged my dude we got plenty of media to talk about is there any other news that uh we have going on i know we've had some patch notes lately we don't really go into them but i mean you know well yeah recently uh the pts patch notes 2.0 came out and on in there, they uh, mentioned the Jester's Festival, and they're bringing three new quests this year, which is awesome because uh, last uh, the New Life Festival, we got one new quest, and I was like, "Wow, three new quests!" And then I actually, you know, took a minute to think about it. I'm like, wait, that actually makes a lot of sense because there's three factions. So, yeah, but yeah, yeah, there's three new quests, and I'm excited for them. Well, that's awesome. I mean, that's the first time they've added new quests in since the game has started and the event has started at least. So that's pretty awesome. And it's good to see that they're still willing to expand upon that kind of older base game stuff. Yep. All right. Well, let's dive right into all of the mayhem that is mid-year. As you may know by now, it is going until February 9th which is about eh, uh, not too far off from when this episode comes out. So make sure you're getting in there and having fun and scoring all the AP you can. RAP, be going psycho. Straight up, I've already pushed over a million. I know Dog has probably done the same. You never know. Maybe on Xbox, but uh, I, actually, you know, on PC, I've got a million. Xbox, I've definitely got over 2 million. Well, there you go. That's some dedication right there. Well, I mean, so, not really, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll give it to you. 
So, yeah. Dog and I, apart from going off in Cyrodiil and uh, really just spreading our wings on PC and getting into some PvP stuff that we really haven't had the chance to do in PvP since we got over there, and it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. We also have been going off in the battlegrounds. I mean, I feel like I do all right in battlegrounds alone, but when me and Dart are together, it's like we have a very, very high win percentage. And on top of that, our KDs are like through the roof. Of course, I think we did still lose a couple there, but you know, not for lack of trying. <laughs> yes, like you know, that one time and it was a 4v4v2, and we never got friends. But don't worry, the one team that lost a player, they got a player almost immediately afterwards. Dude. But, you know, they team with two. Nope, you don't get love, you just get death. I can actually not believe second, that, honestly. So. Yeah, no, for us, like. <laughs> Here we are, just minding our own business. Then, boom, we get freaking slammed. Only me and Dog are on the team together, and we're expected to put it up against two four-player teams. And not only did we finish second and put up a good fight, earning our 23k alliance points when you have your double AP scroll on, and that is super worth it for Battlegrounds, so make sure you're hopping in them. But, Dog went 10 and 4, and 15. I went 7 and 3, and 19. So, yeah. We had, we both had more kills than anyone on the purple team, and we both had more assists than anyone on the green team, and we had more kills than two of the green team. So, just saying, saying you know that was not the worst match for being on a team of just the two of us and we had too many teams where it's like the three of us and not the four of us that sucked yeah it was uh a bit frustrating but you know what with the power of jesus being i can you know steal kills effectively both from you and from the other team so Yes, this is very, very true. As you <laughs> always seem to do. I remember one round is just like, how? How have one kill? Oh, because Dog is here. He's stealing everything from me. Okay, I'll let you know. I'll get still like three, maybe four of your kills, all right? The other two kills, well, I got on my own. And I think I had nine, so that'd be five. Uh, the other four kills, I definitely yoinked from the uh, other two teams where they're firing. I'm like, nope. I kill you, then I kill you, then I ki- execute you, and now you're all by yourself, so I can kill you easily. And, <laughs> you know, I just maximize my opportunity for victory. Effectively. <laughs> and that's about, honestly, you know, that's how it's been going. Like, we just cruising, man. Like, me and Dad will be, like, chilling at the, you know, whatever relic or freaking ball game they have us be doing, and we're just like, Chilling there, people just funneling into us, and we're just destroying. We had some good games, honestly. Yeah. Beyond that, not only have me and Doug been having a lot of fun, but the entire Redemic Courier as a guild, we've been hopping in Cyrodiil and doing fun kind of stuff. So, shout out to you know all those guys and uh, 
guys and gals. It's been a lot of fun in there, and hopefully we can get some people to stay in PvP even after the event. So we've been having a lot of fun, and if you guys want to come find a place to play, come hit us up, find us, the heirs of the Red Diamond Guild on Xbox NA. Come check out our Twitter. We should we should have some going for you. Come play with us. We we we're looking for we're looking for homies to play with just like you. So, dog, like, how much are you in a day? I made my one day off that I actually just got to live in Cyrodiil. I made over a mil, and it felt good. One mil AP, just a little bit over. What about you? Today, just today, right? Well, hey, I mean, what is your biggest day of the event so far? My biggest day was definitely when uh, we had quad AP and uh, uh, what was it? Xbox on one of the servers. It was ridiculous. I made like 1.8 mil or something stupid because I was like, oh, hey, we're pushing the circle. Oh, hey, we got the hammer. Oh, hey, the map's yellow. <laughs> it all happened so fast. And then I also got like probably like 600k that one day or yeah. 600 700k when i was playing with you in zero so that's a lot yeah not 1.8 mil but then again it, it, we didn't have quad ap down there but the hammer was also in play so the hammer man you just like you get the hammer you got a big group next thing you know you own everything yeah i mean i that's what it was brought into Cyrodiil to do, I guess, right? Yep, definitely. So, yeah. As you guys could tell, we got plenty of PvP and Midyear Mayhem stuff to talk about. And as we cruise right through the news, we want to just get right into Cyrodiil scores for you guys so we could talk plenty more PvP after. In the PC Stadia NA side of things, DC is leading with 47.7k. Evanheart Pack, not too far behind, 47k. And Almeri Dominion at 43.3k. So, as you can see, DC is pulling away a little bit, but you gotta watch out for Evanheart Pack. Then, on the EU side of things, AD is leading it. So, there you go, total flip. 51.7k. Evan Hart Pact is in second with 43.9k. And the Daggerfall Covenant, 38.5k. Alright, and then for the Xbox side of things, uh, there's 30 days left in the campaigns, because these campaigns like just reset like within the last 12 hours or so. And for Xbox NA, DC won the last campaign, so go DC. And you know, as CC should, they're leading once again in first with 1700, 80s in second with 970, and EPs in last with 820. Now, Xbox EU side of things, EP won that thing, and we, yeah, but it's okay because CC is once again leading with 1600, 80s at 970 again. You know, it's kind of weird, but EPs are now in dead last with 670. Which, you know, almost a hundred behind first already, or almost a thousand behind first already. That's not what you want to see that early on. Or maybe that's you do. I don't know. 
<laughs> no, I don't think you ever want to be that far. I mean, if you're DC, you want, you know, the competition to be that far. Well, yeah, fair enough. So, for the PlayStation scores, we've got NA, Almere Dominion, leading at 1,177. Evan Hart packed right behind them at 1,167. Dire Covenant at 1,069. So... Very close, as we said for Xbox, these are very uh, fresh scores. So for the EU side of things, we have 1,249 leading Evanhart Pact. Dire Frog Covenant in second with 1,158. And the Almary Dominion in third with 1,138. So all very close scores still because they're very fresh. So it's good to see some good competition. Yep, I agree. So, dog, we got plenty, plenty of PvP stuff to talk about here. We don't want to uh, go too hard, but we'll make sure everyone has all the info they could possibly need to enjoy the freaking crap out of this event. So. Where should we start, man? Well, I mean, to start off, you know, it's double AP everywhere you go. You just gotta, you know, go get it. Go drink the Kool-Aid. It's everywhere, as you know, Bob put in the notes. But to be more specific, it's like anywhere where there's like a little, uh, what's that? It's a battleground station. So like Lenumbra has one. Uh, Stonefalls has one. That weird place in the Oridon has one, Vocal Guard. Um, and like every chapter zone has one too. So, do you like how recently did they put that in where it was at the battleground stations? Has it been there for a long time? And I just don't do battleground, it's been there last year. Hmm. I was, I, I thought I, that was maybe cool. the second one. Yeah, and like it's like you know, people that don't really do serial, it's like in the you know game so they could go do that and get it so i thought that was really cool and if you're looking for it you know it's it's right out there at the battleground thing especially western skyrim the battleground guy is like right by the impresario so very easy to find yeah but in glenumbra it's right off the way shrine of the dagger fall of the dagger fall way shrine so can't really beat that so you know it's kind of like segue into things like uh you know, there's more servers on PC than console by two. There's two more servers. And by consoles, I mean, I can only speak from the Xbox side of things, but I would assume that PlayStation is the same. And many times for Xbox, the queue times are 15 minute minimum uh, at any time of the day. Like, I could get on right now at 2 a.m. and I'd still have to wait for like 15 minutes if I want to get onto a decent campaign. That seems so crazy, honestly. Like, even at this hour. Yeah. But, uh, prime time, you know, like, those are easily hour to long queues for most of them. And it's, it's just, it's awful. Like, but, you know, don't worry. They put an extra under 50 campaign that no one ne- needs. And quite frankly, I think only a bar of blue, red, or yellow I ever activated at a time. It's like, really? Like, just all go into that uh, ice reach. 
you should all just play an ice race and kill each other there, not go into that campaign. But yeah, I definitely think that we would have needed at least one more campaign to kind of, you know, spice things up a little, have some, you know, decent uh, queue times. As far as the Imperial City go, we got two extra, as I think Xbox or as far as PC did too. But yeah, those are, uh, P- it hasn't been too difficult to get in there. Well, that's good then. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? It's during the event. Yeah. But, uh, you know, back to like the Kool-Aid thing, you know, it's a lot easier to start start that like beginning quest inside of a like Glenumbra or wherever instead of going to Cyrodiil because it takes a little while. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. And, you know, that's just like, it's a cool thing because it's a very little thing that a lot of people might not even notice, but it is a quality of life improvement that should definitely be recognized because it makes it simpler and it makes it more like it makes sense. You know, you should be able to pick up your things from where you pick up the battleground. Yep. And, you know, honestly, with the fact that PC has like a couple extra campaigns, like you were saying with the ice Reach campaign, I mean, like it's good that they put an extra one in if it does get packed, but the chances of getting packed are pretty low. And it's just like PC. I mean, they put extra, extra ones in it seems, but it really just made all of them a little empty because everyone's just trying to find the one where their faction is dominating. And that that can kind of create a problem. So, you know, if there was less, you know, I think if there was as many on PC, they would have kept it the same as console. You would have people driven to them instead of having such a diverse thing where you're seemingly starting to just get empty campaigns with one large group ruling the map. And that can start to be a problem. Yeah. Which is also probably one of the nicer things about, you know, having the long long queue time. It's like, well, you know, I, I'm guaranteed to at least have at least, you know, it maybe one campaign, you know, DC isn't doing too great, but there's still some kind of finding. We're still defending. We're not being ruled over by, like, the entire AD server in one, fa- in one campaign. And the other campaign that we go into, we're being ruled over by the entire Ebonheart pack server. And then, you know, we find that sweet, you know, perfect faction or a sweet, perfect campaign where, you know, we're DC and we're rolling over the entire map with our big masses or so. Yeah. So we did, we definitely have a, I'd say more better or more. We have more evenly matched fights than I would say that PC does. Or what it seems like. All right. Then with that, we are going to get through our quick little middle break here. Whereas always, we remind you, we're the part of the oh-so-wildly-popular Robots Radio Podcast Network. And with that comes great opportunities that we can deal out to you guys, like getting 15% off your first crate of loot crate, or a free month when you sign up for even just one at Gamefly. So go make sure you check those out when you get the chance. And as always, hit up the one and only robotsradio.net my name is brian burton 
It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. All right, all right. Thank you guys as always for sticking around with us. You know how much we love talking about mid-year. And as this is our third time talking mid-year mayhem with you guys, we wanted to take a bit of a different approach and not really just talk about PvP overall or uh, how our mid-year has been going, even though we have some stories for you, let me tell you. But we thought, as we've been playing with some people that have not been uh, too versed in PvP, it kind of reminded us that there are some nuances to uh, this PvP game that uh, we sh- uh, maybe we should dole out. And uh, if it helps anyone get ready and you know feel a bit more comfortable going into Cyrodiil, then that's pretty awesome. So first thing we want to talk about is siege weapons. Yeah, so I think the best place to start is, you know, you know, with the basics, like what's your best for breaking down, you know, doors and walls, right? And if you're going to a door, you know, let's say you just go up to the front door. It's a big, you know, rectangular door, not those little tiny doors, but the big ones with, you know, a mender and three guards and two mage guards on the corners. Uh, you know, you go run up there, you should, uh, you, you should there, crap. There are two specific things that you should be using to, you know, destroy the door. You should be using a uh, ram, and you should be using your uh, faction ballistas. So this will either, either say covenant ballista or pact ballista or dominion ballista, and that's it. And the reason why you want to use those ballistas is because they do 2k damage and everything else only does 1k damage. So, I mean, the math checks out. You do double the damage for one ballista. So, And then if you were to, like, destroy a wall and you want to hit from, like, a farther away or you want to shoot the, the uh, door from, like, a little bit of far out, you want to use the stone treb, you say, because that also does more damage than the other stuff. Yeah, stone trebuchets, honestly, like, they were the first thing that I really got used to in PvP. Is like, everyone was using stone trebs, but as it's continued to progress, it seems that the ballistas, you know, have become the more preferred route, and, of course, rams in themselves. Like, rams, the amount of ram takes are way through the roof than they were five years ago. Yeah. I think a big part of that is the, uh, you can operate so many more ballistas in like a little circle or triangle or diamond if you have three or four. Whereas trebuchets, you have to, they take, a, they take forever to load and they take forever to shoot. And they're so big that you can't really place a lot of them together. All right. So let's say that, you know, you're defending. All right. So one of the best things to defend with, especially if they're attacking the front door, is flaming oil 
and pretty much you go up, you go up your stairs, and there's two places that you can place flaming oil. You place it like right above the door, like on the vent. You place it up the uh, like the very top of it, up there too. And you want to you know angle your your oil so that they pour separately. And you want to make sure that you get the inner corner of the doors because let me tell you, if you don't hit those inner corner of the doors, you have like ten people just stack in that one corner so that they are fine. And, you know, I'm being dogged over here. I'm just going to repair the ram as you burn it down. And it it's fine because, well, I have enough repairs because I get so many siege repair kits anyways. So the next type of siege is the meatbag catapult. It is a classic as well. It's gone up and down throughout the years, but right now, and for the last little bit of time, it has been pretty freaking OP. It leaves a uh, disease kind of debuff on them. Right, dog? It's a disease something, right? Yeah, it's something weird. It It's, it's definitely like disease-based, but it's not like your typical disease damage and stuff. It's and its, its like, own little thing. Yeah, and it's, a, it's quite a long debuff, so... You do not want to step in it because it is pretty nasty, and especially you don't want to stand in it. So, yeah, if like you're trying to defend the castle, this is a great thing to like have out and hit like the entrance of where they're going because they'll all pick up that debuff as they run through. So, keep that in mind. Yeah. Then, oh, go ahead. No, you can go. I, I shouldn't go to the next thing, but you can do the next thing. Then we have a few more trebuchets because stone, of course, are not the only ones. We have cold stone, cold fire, fire, and ice. And they all do their own little thing. All of those except the cold stone. Cold stone goes with the stone treb. But the others are all better against, um, you know, personnel instead of uh you know walls or doors so that's the main difference i believe ice slows people and drains their magic or something right dog i have no idea i've never been hit with a nice trebuchet but you know <laughs> not the most popular thing out there but <laughs> they do exist if you get hit by a cold stone trebuchet man do those hurt you're talking like at least 16k damage for a lot of people that's most their health bar and you, you combine that with, like, just a simple fire ballista, and you're like, that person's pretty much just dead. Like, cold stone can be brutal if, they, if they're used properly. Yeah, it's very, very true. All right, next up, we have the uh, cold fire ballistas. These are, you know, just like your normal ballista that's on fire, but instead of, like, you know, the orange fire, it's the blue fire, and it hurts a lot more. And people use it all the time. You're like, oh, that's cold fire ballista. You can tell because everyone's dying. If you were to combine that with like a meatbag catapult, you could do some pretty uh, decent damage from like long distance too, which is awesome. And yeah. That does sound pretty awesome. Yes. I mean, killing people from, you know, miles away is definitely the best way to get things done. You know. <laughs> Sometimes is the only way. Now, if you're wondering how to get any of these, well, you just open up your, uh, what is it? The, your pellet, pellet. 
you just open up your Pelano box and, you know, you hope you get it. Or you do one of the various many dolmens that are around Cyrodiil. You also have a chance to get them that way. And then the last siege is a, it's a pretty new siege, actually. It came out with uh, Greymourne. And these are the Lancers. There's a Fire Lancer, there's a Frost Lancer, and there's a I think Lightning Lancer. Shock Lancer. I don't know. Something of the very shocking variety. But, uh, <laughs> you know, moving on. But, uh, you know, Lancers, they are great for, like, killing people in very close combat. Or if, if you're, you know, you're trying to kill people from a far away, they're very, uh, what they do is that they launch different, like, bolts out. I think it's, like, five or six or so. Maybe a little bit more. And if you have a good spread on them, they're all, like, close together. Like, it's good at long range. But most of the time, they're pretty spread out. So, yeah. The best place to really use Lancers is, like, when you're inside the keep and you're trying to shoot, like, at the door or you're just trying to shoot at a wall or, like, on a flag because you know pretty much where you're shooting is like the only place that they can go so you don't have to worry about anything going far left field because there's no far left field in the keep and then you get these by completing your conquest missions you have a chance of getting the lead to one of these uh lancers it can be the frost the shock or lightning and then the fire and like the most effectiveness, uh, frost and lightning aren't really the greatest things, and fire does is more effective because you know burn it burns. Burning tends to you know do more damage than stuff that doesn't have a lasting lingering effect. But that's not to say that you know if you get a frost lancer or a lightning lancer that that they're just you know completely useless because as you know, Graham and I have uh, shown is that uh, we decimated a group of EP with a cold fire ballista and my frost lancer because I got a really good spread on a flag and Graham used his cold fire ballista and we pretty much shot him at the same time and they weren't expecting it and we killed like the entire group with just that. Anybody else who was like left over was either killed by NPCs or like the one or two other players that were in there with us. So yeah. Lancers can be really OP, or they can be really bad. I mean, it really kind of just depends on the situation. And that was one of the situations where you and that Frost Lancer was just brutal. I've also been pretty pulver. I've been pulverized by a Frost Lancer, too. So it's all about that spread. And outside of Siege, another thing we saw in a lot of popping up is not only how to leave Cyrodiil, but when and why to leave Cyrodiil and all that kinds of stuff. Right, dog? Right. That's another big thing. Yeah. So you want to make sure that if you're trying to leave Cyrodiil, there are a couple ways, but the most basic and standard way it's always been there travel back to your home base's gate if you're on Evanheart or if you're on Daggerfall it's going to be High Rock if you're on uh, All Mary Dominion it's going to be elsewhere if you're on High Rock it's going to be I believe East March right Don? East March and uh, Windhelm 
Northern Morrowind and Southern Morrowind. For hmm. them. Interesting. So, if you want to get out of Cyrodiil, there are definitely a few ways you could do so. One of the quickest, well, maybe not quickest, depending on where you're at, but the most reliable, the one that's always been there, is traveling back to your gate and traveling out. If you're in D.C., it's going to be the High Rock Gates, A.D., I believe it's elsewhere, E.P., it's something like Skyrim or something, right, dog? Uh, yes, right. Something like that. So you're going to want to travel back to your gates if you want to get out. you got to go to the gate, and there will be a way shrine waiting for you. And I'm not chalking the transit shrine that will travel you from keep to keep. you got to go to the back of your base and find that one and only way shrine to get you out of there. And as soon as you leave, you queue up for a different campaign. That's how awesome it is. Yep. And uh, other ways that you can get there if you're uh, you know, kind of just in random places. Uh, like, let's say like you're in a delve, you can either use the get me unstuck button or you can just die to like those NPCs. And yeah, then you just waste shine and you know, you're back up there. You can either like, you know, maybe it's faster for you or not. Uh, you can also, you know, die to fall, die to fall damage, you know. Uh, you know, waste off that way, or you can, you know, jump in a slaughterfish, get that slaughterfish achievement if you still need it, you know. The way that I kind of go to if I'm like in the middle of Cyrodiil, like if I'm if I'm at Fort Ash and like, all right, I, I'm done. Like I just want to leave. But maybe like Ash is flagged or you know, maybe we don't have anything. Maybe we're just we're, we have Ash and that's it. That's our only keep. I'm like, well, uh I want to go do other stuff now. Well, you can queue for anything. It can be a dungeon, battleground, but more effectively, you can queue for the Imperial City as it's guaranteed to be just about instant. And the load screen to the Imperial City isn't too terrible, especially if you're on PC. And you can just queue up for the Imperial City or any of those things anywhere on Tamriel, anywhere in Cyrodiil. Which is awesome. Alright, so next up, we have, you know, leaving the Imperial City, Imperial Sewers. That was another big thing that people were kind of confused on, or maybe they didn't, you know, know something, because there's, I mean, there's two ways that you can really leave pretty simple without, like, dying to NPCs or players, to, and you lose half your Telvar. And... You know, the first thing you do as soon as you enter the Imperial City or Imperial Sewers, all right, the first thing you do is, you know, you drop out your bank and you drop off everything but like 100 Telvar or 1,000 if you want to go crazy or maybe just zero if you just want to be play on the real safe side. But typically 100 is fine. I typically only run with 100 because if I die, then chances are I still have 100. But, uh... Anyways, you know, the first thing you do is that you go talk to Rogbool if you're part of the Daggerfall Covenant. But this is just your Telvar General Merchant. That's what they're called. And then you scroll down to the bottom, and then you pick up something called the Sigil of Imperial Retreat. And these are your best friends inside the Imperial City or Sewers for the low, low price of 10k AP. 
And this is, you know, an event where you get double AP. So taking a keep is 12k AP. Capping resources, 3k res is 3k AP. So your AP is stacking up. So 10k really isn't a lot. You can also, there's this very small chance you can get them. They're in a specific type of chest. They're, uh, the chest will, the chest will not have a lock on it. You just go up to it, you'll open it, and you kill some Daedra, and only one person can obviously loot that chest. And when you loot it, it'll give you a Sigil Imperial Retreat. If you know where the spawns are, then you can farm them, and you don't have to spend your AP. But, yeah. The other way is just like, you know, leaving Cyrodo is that you can just queue instead of queuing for the Imperial City, because you can't queue for another Imperial City, you just queue for Cyrodiil. And you queue for, uh, hopefully, more empty Cyrodiil, so you also get that instant queue. And it just takes you out, you don't lose Telvar, and it's awesome. You just move on with your life. And, yeah. Maybe you queue back to the Imperial City to turn in your quest. I know I do that sometimes. It's like, man, I was farming for the bosses, but I never turned in this quest, and... Now, I don't want to be ganked, so I just use my Sigil of Imperial Retreat if I'm on Xbox. PC, I still haven't gotten them yet. I should, but I haven't. So I uh, queue for Cyrodiil, and that's how I leave. Good way, honestly. Dog has taught it to quite a handful of people. Yep. All right, you want to talk about BGs? Yeah. All right. So as you can tell, we uh, have covered as much as we can, trying to keep it simple here, not going too crazy in the PvP stuff, but we do want to make sure we cover all of the basic Battleground stuff. And, you know, people might look at Battlegrounds like, oh, yeah, they're there, they're, you know, you can key for them, whatever. But um, they're not actually the worst way to get AP. Like, if you get first place with that double AP scroll on, that's 25k AP. I mean, you know, you get four wins in two hours and eight rounds, and that's going half. Then that's a pretty significant amount of AP, you know. Clearly 100k and then plus whatever else you get in the other four rounds, so... You got to keep that stuff in mind. I mean, if you're going for AP, especially if you're going for stuff for the golden or like direct ranks just quick early on and you can't seem to find stuff popping in Cyrodiil, maybe try Battlegrounds. It may be your best bet, especially because it just drives everyone together and the fighting is always there. Yep, and the best part is that, you know, you can play with your friends even if they choose, you know, a lesser faction like, you know, EP or... Eldarine Dominion, you know, they didn't pick, you know, the greatest faction of all time. But that's okay, you know. There's Alliance change tokens for that. But yeah, you know, you can play with anyone and that's awesome. Play with Guildies even if they are a different faction and yeah. And honestly, it's something we shouldn't take for granted because even being able to queue with just anyone is a pretty, you know, recent thing you, they had it just locked into solo keys for so long so being able to play with your friends and any faction and just queue with them at any time is pretty awesome and definitely something that they should keep investing in 
but that means new maps or you know new game types or whatever and with that dog that's about all i can contain myself man i have to get back in major mayhem and score some points man this is just all i could do so why don't you tell these awesome awesome people who spent some time with us this week where they could uh talk to us all about cyril and all the fun stuff if they want to catch us on anything all right well, you can find us on Twitter of at Red Diamond Cast. You can also find us on our Facebook of the Red Diamond Career. You can join our ESO, PC, or Xbox field of Airs the Red Diamond, which you can join using the Robots Radio Discord found on robotsradio.net. And if you guys check our show notes, you'll find links to all the cool stuff like our sponsors, robotsradio.net, our music producer, the one and only Daniel Nisley, who can make music for anything you need to do, podcasting, streaming, all the fun stuff, and the one and only ESO-Hub.com, which is your one-stop shop for all things ESO sets, pledges, golden, all the fun stuff. Make sure you go check them out. And, uh, yeah, if you guys have any extra time in your day, you wanted to go and leave us a review on apple podcast we would absolutely treasure it and if it's a five star with some words we'll make sure to read it out on the podcast nice and early up there for you as well so dog if they want to talk to you directly where can they hit you up all right you can find me on xbox eso pc twitter all that will be all at at, at dog bark 24 Perfect. And for me, it's Bob Chichinsky everywhere you go. Bob underscore Chichinsky if it's going to be Twitch and Twitter. And Bob's face Chichinsky on Xbox. So make sure to hit us up and come play some PvP with us because that is what we are doing for the next week. And we clearly can't wait to get back and do it. So thank you guys again. Green Hat, thank you, dog. And as for me, Catch you guys on the flip side. Yep, see ya. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Should introduce myself. Um, I'm Corin Black. A humble half-demon, and folks around Baltimore call me the Devil's Runt. Here we go, finally moving again. How do you feel about methamphetamines? You know, Devil's Blood don't make you a devil. Under the Shroud. Fantasy, noir, and horror from Baltimore's sin-soaked streets. Find creator Ian Humphrey on Twitter at FictionalIan.